Welcome to the end of another week. Time for our Sourced Week in Review podcast. Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hi, Michael. A few things happening this week, but one of those is TikTok. Now, we've discussed TikTok a fair bit on our we podcasts. Have. We have, yeah. But one thing this week that's interesting is it's not so much what people do on TikTok, mm. and we all know it passes time very well, and the younger people love it, but... In the UK this week, stories have emerged about uh, the British uh, House of Parliament uh, shutting down the official TikTok account. So this was an account that um, Parliament in the UK started to get younger people engaged in the whole right. democracy process, making mm-hmm. you know what happens um, over in the UK in uh, Houses of Parliament exciting. Right. Whether it is or not, we don't know. (laughs) But it's been closed down because of this ongoing debate about the security of using TikTok. Mm. And let's look at some of the quotes that have come from uh, over there. Um, One of the Tory MPs, so the government MP, said, uh, while we should always try to get people engaged, uh, we cannot and should not legitimise the use of an app which has been described by tech experts as essentially Chinese government spyware. Okay, which mm. sounds pretty... Uh, pretty James Bondy. It is, quite yeah. dastardly. So, yeah. you know, further quotes here from um, MPs um, given to the Age newspaper... It's a data harvester which, by Chinese law, is bound to pass on their data to the Chinese security services on demand. We need to wake mm. up to the serious threat that the Chinese government poses to our freedoms and the freedoms of those nations near to China. So there's a debate here around security, but yep. also um, not just from the UK MPs and Australian senator also telling the age that uh, I don't use TikTok and I encourage all Australian MPs who do to carefully consider whether they are willing to run the risk their data could be accessed by Chinese government security agencies. So, Jordan, what does TikTok supposedly do with data? Well, supposedly, and, I mean, there are some things that we know it does. Um, so, you know, if uh, whether or not you signed up for, the, for a TikTok account or you're on the app, uh, the moment you access the site... Um, the cookies and other trackers, they're able to start tracking you, right? Okay. So TikTok mostly uses what's called third-party trackers. Now, that's different to YouTube, for example, which Google owns and operates. That yep. they, uh, they track it that way, and that's usually to help serve you relevant ads. Sure. But yep. for TikTok, they use these third-party trackers, and it does collect your data. Uh, but where it goes, it's pretty hard to say. We don't really know where that goes from there. Uh, so if you create an account on TikTok, they can uh, gather even more information about you and that could include your activity and your preferences. So the app can determine things like your location, the device you're using, your IP address, your search history, so whatever you know, users yep. you might be searching for, uh, your message content from direct messages in the app. Okay. And then what content you're watching and for how long. And that's, I think, for, well, for me at least, I thought that was pretty standard of what i would expect but um we need some spooky music to play under here i know well it gets a bit spooky in the u.s at least because tiktok there uh they can collect biometric data which includes your face and voice print okay okay so that's a bit more freaky Mm -hmm. Uh, it can also predict your age gender 
and interests based on your activity. So the other additional bit of tracking they do is they have access to your device's clipping board or clipboard. So that's, you know, if you cutting, copy something on a things, computer, yeah. it sort of holds in those yep. clipboard. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it'll, any text, images and videos in that, it can read and has access to. And it can also collect the metadata from content that you might make on the app but decide to ditch because for whatever reason, you know. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a lot of information when you think about it. There's a lot. And it's the broader debate here about how much does that sort of data harvesting, to use that term, how much does that worry people? So let's go to a comparison such as smoking, okay? Mm-hmm. So cigarette smoking over the years... People have said, well, you know, it's been proven if you you have too many cigarettes or whatever, you raise a big risk of, you know, serious health issues over time. So people obviously get a bit alarmed about that. Now, these warnings about things online aren't new. They're quite common. But what do we do about them as punters? Do punters care? Now, I want to go back to 2016 in which a story emerged at the time of Mark Zuckerberg, of course, the founder of Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg had a photo taken of him uh, in the workplace. Oh, yes. Yeah, so this is, this is 2016. And in the background, his laptop was open. Yeah. Seemingly harmless, but of course nothing's harmless when it comes to social media things. No. So people with very eagle eyes on social media looked at that photo in the background, saw Zuckerberg's laptop and noticed that his camera, so the cam- his, his webcam was covered with tape so that it couldn't see anything and Mm -hmm. his microphone jack on his computer was covered with tape. So it started a debate. If Mark Zuckerberg is covering the camera on his laptop and his mic jack with tape, should we also do the same thing? Now, it didn't seem from that little debate six years ago that people could really work out whether we should or not. Mm. and now we've advanced six years. You've read out some of the things that TikTok does. Of course, they're not only they're not the only app that's playing in this space. What do you do? I'm interested. What do you, as someone who uses social media, knows it very well? Do you have concerns or safeguards? And do you think the broader population does? What's your thoughts on that? I certainly do have safeguards in place now on social media. I'm far more private on there than what I was even a year ago. Um, okay, Siri's chiming in for us. Sorry, that was Siri. Right. Siri's got an listening. Opinion. You got something? Okay. As we speak. <laughs> oh, it's eerie. Where's that coming from? <laughs> Siri, down. It's listening. Um, as a general practice, I think people should always be aware of what information they're sharing on social media and what other apps they've connected their social media to. We were looking just before the podcast and I pulled up my Facebook and you, um, I'm, we've all experienced this when we're signing up to s- different websites over the yeah. last five or so years or longer. They've added this convenient you know, Facebook login where you don't have to sign up with the new email and password. You can just click the button and you're in. Yes. But that connects that website with all your personal information on Facebook I think a lot of people would be very surprised if they opened up their settings and had a look at just how many apps and websites they've given access to. Yes. Um, so, so you wanted some advice on what people should be doing? No, I, I just wondered, do you think that, like I said, w- w- with health things, like physical health things, mm-hmm. 
we seem to get the idea that some things are dangerous and some aren't. Do we yeah. get the same impression with these types of apps that we're all using? We know what sort of data can come out of them, but do we care about that? I mean, I, I don't think we care a whole lot until it directly affects us and we're aware of it. I mean, we could tell everyone just out of all the information that Facebook, TikTok and the rest are collecting on us. But day to day, how is that affecting us? Not a lot. Mm. We might see some really relevant ads. We might get sucked into all those, you know, those marketing funnels there. Mm. But, you know, a lot of that marketing goes unnoticed. We're just so used to it. Um, until there's a breach of perhaps our privacy where it really starts to threaten that privacy, I don't think people are going to care all that much. I mean, we had the big scare from Facebook not that many years ago, um, but people are still using Facebook. They're still using it. That's right. So it almost needs, doesn't it, some big event to happen. It does. It almost needs like the the medical research breakthrough that proves this or that because without Mm. it, and look at young people, I mean, they don't have the inclination to go and look at some of these potential breaches. Now, I come at this from the background of being a journalist, which therefore makes me part paranoid in most parts of life because that's the nature of most journalists. Mm -hmm. They're cynical and they're part paranoid. Mm -hmm. So, yep, that's uh, that's me. (laughs) Um, But I I use Signal a lot. Um, I I know that when I was a reporter, I am... Fairly sure that my phone was uh, was tapped. I uh, <coughs> compromise was it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it was, and mm, um, okay. you know th- that was from a different era. But you know, yeah. I'm I'm fairly sure it was. So you learn to live as a journalist, looking over your shoulder at different times. So I don't sign into any accounts with my Facebook login. I, mm-hmm. I just do it manually. I use Signal a lot. Yeah. Um. So I use the, the Signal app, and it's funny when you do use Signal, you can see all of your contacts who also use it because they come up on the Signal yes. app. So you, you do you see you that. Can, so you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am wary of it. Um. Um. Yeah. In, in terms of um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff that um has been, you know. <laughs> harvested from my uh, things, but it is fairly boring, I must say. But I'm very much aware of it um, and I like to see what happens from here. So really interesting piece this week, started by um, that debate with the UK Houses of Parliament and their TikTok account. But I'm sure most of the young TikTok users aren't going to be missing the fact that they can no longer see TikToks from within uh, Parliament there. No, probably not. No. Another item we wanted to talk about this week was a really interesting discussion, Jordan, to do with uh, streaming and uh, HBO Max and uh, Discovery Plus. What's happened there? Yeah, so it was announced today that Warner Brothers Discovery will combine its two existing streaming services, HBO Max and Discovery Plus, into one service. And they've told investors that this arrangement will help save them about $3 billion in costs over the next two years when that money will be sort of funneled back into content that's, over that's that a, time. That's a significant saving Yeah, operations costs $3 billion. $3 billion? An enormous amount. So for me, this was a really clear example of the new direction for the streaming giant. So Warner, Warner Brothers and Discovery, they merged in April this year. Yeah. And with that merge triggered a heap of changes within their executive sort of leadership team. Now, that newly formed leadership is pursuing, and as we're seeing, uh, a new direction Mm. for the the streaming platform. Uh, And you would have seen, and you might have seen, I should say, some nasty headlines in relation to the news today 
One of the more prominent headlines being the shelving of DC Comics' Batgirl movie. Yes. So in a meeting with CEO uh, of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zaslav, uh, he said that expensive direct-to-streaming movies do not compare to theatrical releases. Yep. And in the case of Batgirl here, they cannot find any economic value for it with this so new direction. They're forking out a stack of cash to make Batgirl and it's not stumping up for them in terms of what they'll get back. No, so they're actually going <coughs> to, pardon me, they're going to write it off with some sort of tax arrangement to try and recoup as much money as possible, which will then prevent it from ever being used again. Which So yeah. many storyboards dying. So I many know, I know. One of for the, the producers... All yeah. gone. One of the directors was actually overseas having their wedding, so that would have been an awkward phone call. Oh. Mm. Anyway, so the new focus for this service, as uh, Zaslav has said, was, or oh, sorry, is that it'll focus on quality films, not quantity. Right, okay. Um, but interestingly, they will release these films in theatres first before it becomes available on their platform. So there's still a market for. Theatres, because that's what we've spoken about a fair bit. Will this, um, you know, the, the the growth of the size of screens in people's homes mm. in terms of big screens are cheaper, um, streaming's there, will this actually impact on, on cinemas? But by this approach, that's still going to go cinema first, then streaming. Yep, cinema first, then streaming. Uh, a little bit more about the service, the, the newly formed service. Um, it hasn't been named yet. But um, we do know that it won't have HBO or Discovery in its name. The word Max was thrown around, but it's still rumoured. We don't know right. yet. But the, the new platform, and this is interesting because we've spoken about the, the ad-supported tiers yep. in previous episodes. The new platform will have you know the standard premium offering, that tier, as well as an ad-supported tier. Um, now, HBO Max and Discovery both op- offer that at the moment. There's a there's a yeah. one or two lighter mm-hmm. tiers. Yeah, they do. Um, but there's also been mention of a um, of a free ad supported version of this streaming service. So it'll offer different content to the premium, but you know it'll be free. So Have maybe ads. not the good gear. No, it won't be the good gear, and that's the point. It'll be used to upsell those people. To become premium okay. subscribers. So the B grade fare with ads, but uh, we'll give you a bit of a glimpse into what you could get if you want to pay. That's it. Yep. That's it. So, um, I mean, looking at, at streaming at the moment, it's, this is an interesting development and the bigger picture here is fascinating. There's a good story I read this morning. Um, I can't remember where it was from, but it was talking about how the largest US media companies have collectively shed about $574 billion in market value this year. Getting up there. Yeah, so Disney, Netflix, Spotify, Paramount, you know, those sorts yep. of names, they're, they're among the heavyweights who suffered the significant value declines. Um, a number of factors contributed to this, and, you know, there's concerns about the recession and the inflation. Yeah, yep. You know, the fact that people are outside more post-COVID yeah, and then right. streaming less often. Um, and then that's evident mostly with Netflix. Um, they've been reported on most recently yes. with their, their sort of slump in, in uh, subscribers. And then there's an overall slowdown in advertising. So what's that mean in Australia, do you think? I'm interested to see if this development overseas in the US 
could become the catalyst for some change here. Um, you know, while HBO Max and Discovery aren't available here in Australia, we do have almost two dozen different um, subscription video on demand services. Yep. And there's, there's so many services that it's beginning to frustrate the customers because they're shelling out all this money for some fractured viewing. And I mean fractured in the sense that you probably sign up to one of these emerging or the other mm. subscription services for one or two things. The yeah. rest you don't care about. Then the next thing you want to watch is on something else. Oh. Suddenly you've amassed sort of four or five subscriptions. But how to choose what to watch too. Oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm really sure that there is some appeal among Australian consumers uh, for just a more consolidated platform that has more of what you want, one price, one place. Yep. I think that's that could be where we head. I so like going to a restaurant with a an easier menu to look at rather than the buffet, the wall-to-wall dishes everywhere. That's it. That some of the streaming services are now. That Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time. I'm fascinated by this streaming because, like we say, that there's implications for cinema. And cinema did have the greatest setup while newspapers and TV and all of that really hit the headwinds. Cinema was a protected species because you still had to go to the cinema to watch the new releases That's because it. that was still the market. Yep. And then they would keep them for a defined time. Then you would find them at home. But mm-hmm. as we know, the ad you know, the advent of all these services, streaming services, the way they've come up is changing that too. So let's keep an eye out on all of these things. I, I think these constant stories about what's happening with streaming are really good insights into our own audience behaviour and what's becoming there. Now, just want to look uh, quickly before we finish at the Ecker. So tomorrow, a Saturday start, the Ecker returns the Brisbane um, annual show. Starts on a Saturday this year. Yeah, and it's, it's Ecker Eve now, isn't it? It's Ecker Eve on a Friday and oh, it's back after... Fantastic. The pandemic, so it's back. I know. So, yes, yes. Um, we've missed it since 2019. So, I guess the thing <laughs> for me is we've always said, Jordan, right from the start, that COVID has been the greatest live experiment into audience behavior and reaction that we've seen in our time. Mm-hmm. How do audiences respond when this type of um, uh, situation happens? So, Will we see big crowds at the Echo? That's my question. I'm really interested to see what we'll learn about South East Queenslanders. Yesterday, the Chief Medical Officer for the Federal Government said he thinks this COVID wave right now has peaked. Others will follow, but right now this Mm. wave has peaked. It just seems there's so many people who have had winter bugs, whether it's COVID or something else. Everyone seems to be ill. something, yeah. Yes, you can hear it in their voices and people are away. Mm. So, with all we know... I'm interested to see how many people go to the Ecker over this next week and a bit to see if people are still going. You know what? I was on public transport uh, this week where mask wearing is still mandatory. Yeah, right, because no one wears them. No. So people are voting with their faces, not their feet, to say I'm not going to wear these things. So I'm fascinated by who's going to go to the Ecker. Straw poll of one, are you going? Well, I think I probably will end up going. not all by my own choice. Shan <laughs> loves the Ecker an enormous amount, so we'll probably end up going for that reason. But I will probably suggest wearing a mask for that yeah. visit because, I mean, this is something that I grew up with. My parents used to always tell me that the Ecker 
was the perfect environment for getting sick. It was cold, lots of people around. So we used to go all rugged up as a family unit, all stuck close together and just don't touch too many handrails, don't do all these things. So conditioned to get sick at the (laughs) Echo. Um, But now with COVID, uh, and like you said, just everyone around at the moment has got some sort of cough or sniffle. It's it's a thing. Uh, I think it is probably just the best bet for me and for anyone else around who wants to just feel safe just to throw a mask on I reckon mask up at the Ecker okay well I'm yeah. going to head along next week so um, let's see what happens let's see what the numbers are like yes, yes. Um, how's the weekend looking for you uh, it's a busy weekend a busy night tonight and then I'm down the Gold Coast tomorrow as well so okay. it'll be a busy weekend how about you um, yeah footy Footy. All parts of Massive. footy. So no. that'll get us through the weekend and into another week. Enjoy the weekend. You too.